Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. So, welcome to church. It's got to do the, the thing now. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Russ Brackenbury. I, along with my lovely wife, we are the location pastors for Revelstoke. We are part of a regional church, including Revelstoke, Vernon, and Kelowna. We thought it was kind of funny when we got down to Toronto. They had all these big banners everywhere uh, welcoming everybody, and we are considered the Tri-Cities, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I didn't... Yeah. <laughs> it was like, we have to call you something, so we're calling you the Tri-Cities. Why? I'm not sure. So we are... Sorry, this thing, every time it starts, it has to open Teams for some reason, which seems to take the longest. <laughs> Darn Teams. All right, here we go. All right, so we are part of a regional church. So we started here in Revelstoke, and some years ago, Revelstoke took a step of faith in our pastor, Dave, and his wife, Kim. A bunch of us, we planted a church in Kelowna. Uh, and then over the years, Pastor Dave and Kim moved to Kelowna, and we had his son Josiah pastoring here. We since planted a church in Vernon a few years back, and Pastor Josiah and his wife and family have since moved to Vernon. And so Jasmine and I now have the privilege of being the camp, the location. I always want to say campus, but apparently we don't say that anymore. <laughs> the location pastors. So we've been doing this series. The C3 regional locations have been taking part in the summer series through July and August, dispelling the myths that people have or these beliefs that people have, these sayings that, oh, this sounds biblical, but are they actually in the Bible? So, uh, we, so we want to correct misconceptions because we believe it's important for people to accurately know and understand what the Bible has to say, right? If, if the Bible is supposed to be the word of God and bring life, then let's understand it. Let's let it do what it's supposed to be. So the first message uh, Pastor Dave started in the series. He said something that has stuck with me. Uh, he said, we live out of what we believe. And it's really true. Uh, even if what we believe turns out to not be true, we still live out of it up until the point we correct that. Uh, I grew up in an opinionated family. <sighs> My children, who are kind of not quite withholding their laughter, Say, like, oh, what do you know? We grew up in that household as well. But um, my parents always taught me that it was good to be opinionated, but I always be teachable. And I think that that's a good way to be. So I always remain teachable. But uh, these false beliefs, they're like a, they're a trap. They hold us back because it, it binds us. It makes us not be able to live into the fullness that God has for us, right? So... Um, Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So let's get to know the word of God, get to know the truth, and let's be set free. So today's the last message in the series. Uh, what can there possibly be left to discuss after eight weeks? Haven't we 
talked about every false belief that people hold on to. Possibly not. Right? Uh, how many sayings can there possibly be that sound biblical? Quite a few. We actually had a list of 12 that we came up with, and we had to pick like seven out of them to, to speak on. So the series certainly hasn't been exhausted, but uh, we tried to highlight some of the ones that we thought were the, the most uh, popular <laughs> with the masses. So when someone is hurt physically or emotionally, severe illness, emotional turmoil, death of a loved one, it's difficult to be the person watching that on the outside. And you want to say something to them to, to be helpful, right? So one of the things that people say, well, you know, this, this too shall pass, right? Or uh, time heals all wounds. Well, it, it's, it sounds comforting, doesn't it? I want to know that time heals all wounds. I want to know that this too shall pass. But is what we say in that moment to someone, well, this too shall pass, or time heals all wounds, is it biblically accurate? If not, then what does the Bible say? Well, let's find out. That's why we're here this morning. So, for those who want a title, including Jeremy to put on the podcast, if you are joining by podcast today, thank you for taking the time to listen to a podcast. And this will be an exciting one for you to have on in the car as you travel to Sycamus or wherever you happen to be going, as long as the highway doesn't close. So, is time the wound healer? So we want to put a time limit on healing, right? I broke my arm 8 to 12 weeks. I'll be as good as new. Uh, so I, I come from a world where I did disability management as part of my living. And so there's expectations on once a person gets hurt, how long will it be before they're able to be back to work? Well, so if, if you sprain your knee or have a pulled shoulder, uh, believe it or not, it can be the same amount of time as breaking a bone. So they figure 8 to 12 weeks, you should be in a, a spot where you can start physio and rehab and work your way back to work. Uh, if it goes over 12 weeks, we're thinking, well, what's the issue? You know, I'm, I'm not thinking automatically that, well, they're milking it, right? <laughs> I don't think that way. Uh, I think there must be another, there's an underlying issue that we haven't discovered yet. There has to be more testing. Something else has to be done. But... Uh, that's how we view things that are seen. Well, how do you view something that is unseen, right? We, we hear more about mental health now than we did a few years ago. And some of those mental health injuries that happen to people are actually more traumatic than a physical injury. And where we will be sympathetic and gracious to people who have a physical scene injury, uh, sometimes we're not that way with people that have some emotional or traumatic experience that we can't see. You know. Um, my, my father died in 2010. Well, I should be over it, right? Two years, your grief cycle should be done, and you should be totally free of that. Well, I don't believe that time heals all wounds, right? I don't believe that that's a biblical thing, that time heals all wounds. Uh, do you know if you get a, a physical wound, so uh, you get a, a cut, you, you fall and you get, put a big gash in your arm, uh, there's a series that happens, the stages of healing. So, this is a medical thing in church, I know. So this is the stages of healing. So first, if you're bleeding, 
if you're a first aider, what do you do? There you <laughs> right, we're just talking to this lovely lady. She's been here doing ambulance or emergency medical technician training, right? Stop the bleeding. Scene safe, right? Stop the bleeding. Uh, that's the start of the healing process. That's, if you're bleeding profusely, you're not going to start healing. You're just going to bleed out. So stop the bleeding. Once, the, once you're not bleeding anymore, then you, you get a scabs over, right? The blood clots, it gets a scab, and it starts to become this new, new site, right? Oxygen-rich red blood cells come to the site. They create new tissue. It's this amazing thing that happens. It's like a little construction site on your body. Right, and so the body, uh, the body's making its own building materials, and you're not waiting for people to show up, like the trades. <laughs> We're doing our best. <laughs> so, even after your wound looks closed, so you've had the clotting, it's scabbed over, and now it's rebuilding. Uh, it's it's just a process of healing, right? It's not just because it's scabbed over it doesn't mean it's as good as new. It's still in the process of healing. So the wound looks great, might be a little pink, might be a little puckered, right? Might have a little different look to it because uh, your body continues to feel, oh, you might even get itchy. Itchy's not always a bad thing when it comes to physical healing. Uh, so, but your body continues to repair and strengthen the area. But how long does it take for a wound to heal? How long? Right. <laughs> so, this is John Hopkins medicine. Three months, most wounds are repaired. I thought three months. Well, I just cut my arm. Uh, that was way longer than I expected. But the new skin and tissue is about 80% as strong as it was before it was injured. So time, um, the time to heal the wound, it depends on how big the wound is. Right. Well, I thought it was really interesting, though, that the new skin and tissue is about 80% as strong as it was before it was injured. So just because it looks good, and you know, um, most people have a few scars, right? Um, so there, there's always like a, I know that something happened here because I have a scar there. Well, I could tell you the story exactly how that scar happened. I, I don't want to do that at this point, but people usually have stories about their scars. Uh, but it's just not the same as it was before, right? So t if time heals all wounds, this, t this too shall pass. It may be said with all sincerity, but it's simply a platitude. What does platitude mean? New word for everybody? It's a Sunday, learning in church? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, a platitude is not a funny Aussie animal. Yes, see a little defensiveness coming from her Australian. So the platitude is a remark or statement, especially one with moral content that has been used too often to be interesting or thoughtful. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not ever doubting a person's sincerity. You want to say something, but it's awkward, right? So say something else. Right? Don't say something that isn't so. Right? If time doesn't heal all wounds, or if this too should, you know, may not pass, don't say something that is not true. Right? Even if you're trying to be sincere. 
Why not say something like, I am so sorry for your loss? Right? That, or, uh, I cannot imagine what you're going through, but if you need something, I'm here for you. Sometimes it's really just about you showing up. Sometimes in a, in a, in a, in a bad time, a person just needs you to walk in, look them in the eye, throw your arms around them and hug them and let them have a good cry. You don't have to say anything. Just show up. Uh, I made the mistake years ago myself. I had a friend that passed away, and I, I felt so awkward. And I lived here. My friend lived up in Whitehorse. And I never, I never called his wife. And it, when I finally saw her, I, I just... I couldn't apologize enough because I, I felt the awkwardness of it. And instead of saying something, I said nothing. And that wasn't right either. Right? He was my friend. I, I loved him and I loved his wife and I said nothing. And so I, I wanted to make sure that I would, I would suck up my awkwardness to say something to somebody that I cared about if something happened. Right? So, um, but just show up, say something, but make it a truthful statement. So... We're in a Christian worldview, but there's also a worldly worldview. What does the what do psychologists say about time healing all wounds? Here's a here's a good one. I had to read this one. This is so. This lady Heather Lyons, she works at this Baltimore therapy group. Listen to this. Time essentially equates to opportunity. So this is about time healing all wounds. It equates to opportunity. Therefore, how someone heals over time ultimately depends on how they decide to use that opportunity to shape their present and future circumstances. She explains that people can use time to gain insight, healthier relationships, and the orientation toward growth. Some people will use time as an opportunity to collect experiences that orient them towards their values and dilute or challenge different experiences. Avoid telling your friend that they will get over it. People don't get over the loss of someone that they love. Okay, when I read all that, okay, if you're reading it again over my shoulder, what does it even mean? <laughs> right? I, I, <laughs> and I, I'm a pretty good comprehension when it comes to reading. But I read that over. I can't tell you how many times I read over it. And I'm still struggling. With, I'm not really sure what you're getting at, except for the last little line there when it says, avoid telling your friend that they'll get over it because people don't get over the loss of someone that they love. So I thought at least that part was plain enough. But it was the part to get there. I was kind of... I don't understand what you're saying. Like, you know, tell me plainly. I like plain English. So, uh, yeah, I read it over more than once, but it came down to people don't get over the loss of someone they love. So the non-Christian worldview in the psychology department of the Baltimore Therapy Group says that time doesn't heal all wounds. Right? So not even, the, not even a world, worldly worldview thinks that time heals all wounds. But it, it still sounds good doesn't it? So here's an uncomfortable truth. Christians are not immune to hurt and to wounds. They happen to us, even as Christian people. Um, my wife stole my thunder this morning. No, that's all right. I thought, oh, right on, we're on the same page, right? It, it can happen. Uh, John 16:33 says, here on this earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. So in this scripture, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's not talking to a big group of unbelievers. He's talking to the people who are closest to him. So I have some surprising news this morning. If you think that being a Christian will help you avoid pain, you're mistaken. 
The fact is we live in a fallen world and are subject to experiences of the world that we're a part of. Let's go to church and be encouraged this morning. <laughs> but listen, so, you know, you're thinking now, I don't feel that this is going to be really encouraging. Um, the, the difference between the worldly view and the Christian view is really about what we can do about it as a Christian, where we go with it. We have a place to go with our wounds because he cares for us. But listen, to the, he does still say he gives his sunlight to both evil and good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. So we are going to be subject to turmoil. We are going to be subject to grief. We are going to be subject to traumatic events. Right? We, we are not immune. But in the midst of this, I want to proclaim hope, the hope in God to you this morning. The hope in God that we, we do have. Listen to what the psalmist says. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And in 1 Peter, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The challenge becomes, when you're wounded, do I run to God or do I run away from God? Right? Why did this happen? Well, why does God get credit when good things happen and blame when things go bad? Right? Like, let's, let's be consistent. So you have to make a choice to run to God and not away from him. How can God allow this to happen? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, something happened. Why do we automatically believe that God made it happen? Right? First and foremost, you need to trust that whatever you are going through, that God loves you. Right? God loves you. Listen to this, the, uh, Paul in Romans. I, I love this little section of scripture. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day when being slaughtered like sheep. Go Paul. Right? <laughs> but he's already saying, can, uh, can those things separate us? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Savior." Can it be said any plainer than that, that God loves you? God loves you. And if you start with that as your filter, if you filter your experiences through that belief that no matter what happens, and it may not always be good, that God loves us. God loves you unconditionally. No matter what happens, God loves you. Don't fall into the trap of, if God loved me, how would he allow blah, 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 blah. Right? Don't fall into that trap. Because again, that's the trap that binds us and blinds us and keeps us from, from what he wants for us. So if you've been here any amount of time, and I see there's some that haven't been <laughs> and heard me speaking before, you know that I am a big one on uh, how we read the Bible to get what we can out of it. It's so important that um, not just reading scripture, but how we read it and how it's important to take... Uh, not just like one little select part of it, and that, that's totally, you know, what we think. Okay, well, 
So we have to look at the scripture that we're reading, take it as a part of a whole. Look at it where how, who Jesus was talking to, when he was talking to them, or all those kind of context type of things. So how does that apply to today's message? Well, I want to go back to our original scripture. So this, this is the original one that I read. Here on this earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Is that the whole verse? No. Like my wife said so eloquently, take heart because I have overcome the world. Right? I want to encourage you this morning that time on this earth will not heal your wounds. Time will not do it in and of itself. But God will. Right? You are an overcomer because he is an overcomer. The scripture tells us in Romans that the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Yes. So you are an overcomer. Right? You are, so then you have to choose to go to him. Right? If we can't just do it on our own. If you're, if you're counting on time, you're counting wrong. You're counting wrong. But you have to go to God. You have to take it to God. Listen to this from the Psalms. He heals the brokenhearted. He bandages their wounds. That's who our God is. Right? Don't depend on time to heal your wounds. Depend on God. But it still may be a process. It may not just happen overnight. But it will happen. Remember the body example? Uh, clotting, rebuilding, strengthening. Uh, the one thing that, that little, little list didn't mention but I kind of alluded to was scarring. Right? Um, your wounds may be healed, but it will always be a part of who you are. Right? Because our, our life is a, a, an accumulation of our experiences. And so just because you're healed of something doesn't mean that it's over and done with, that it'll never come up again. Right? It, that, those wounds become a part of who you are. But it doesn't have to define you. Right? Because we're, to, we're supposed to be going to God. I've, I've come to believe that we haven't given God the opportunities to come through. Because we, we just don't think about it. Right? We get busy in our world. We, we live in a world where independence is, is king. I can do it myself. Right? Who has toddlers? <laughs> Who's had toddlers? Who's been a kid? I can do it myself. It's a huge thing when you're little. And when you get to be bigger, some things are happening and you, you want to do it by yourself, but you don't have to do it by yourself. You, you cry out to God, right? I can do it myself isn't what the Bible teaches, right? The Bible teaches us to be dependent on him and on each other. The Bible tells us that you have not because you ask not. Well, it's not. I just don't think to ask. It's like an omission thing. I, so... Um, Paul encourages us to bear one another's burdens, but we hesitate to share what our burdens are. Right? Walking together, uh, doing life together, means being vulnerable with each other. And uh, we're not always good at that. Right? Uh, find somebody who will bear you up. We can't, we can't do life alone. But sometimes doing life together is a bit awkward. You have to be vulnerable. You have to open yourself up to someone that, oh, no, that's creating a, a potential for a wound. Right? I'm, I'm way safer by myself. Yeah, but that's not the way that God intended it to be. Right? Paul encourages us to bear one another's burdens 
and walk with each other, uh, he, can sh- he can't show himself faithful if we never give him the opportunity to show himself faithful. My computer thinks it's the weekend. It's like, come on. I'm, I'm trying to learn how to preach without paper notes. And sometimes it's very awkward to, to learn different things. So I'm using my, my PowerPoint, and it has the notes on the side. I'm like, it's not loading. <laughs> what was I going to say? <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe this is the first time you've heard of the message about God or Christ. Right? I don't, I don't know who's always in church. I don't know who listens to the podcast, right? Uh, so it might be the first time you've heard a message about God or Jesus or his ability to heal your wounds, but I want to encourage you to give God an opportunity to come through for you, right? Give God that opportunity. He will prove himself to you. I, to- I, I am confident of that, that given the chance, God will prove himself to you. Time is not your friend. Time is not your friend. Uh, I want to encourage you to reach out to God and invite him to be part of your life this morning. Don't put it off a moment longer. Right? Don't put it off. If you... Thank you, Hannah. (laughs) Why, Why do we put off doing the things that will give us the most benefit? Right? And I want to encourage you this morning that putting Christ into your life will give you the most benefit. Right? He, the Bible promises us that if we come to Christ, that we are a new creation, that the old things have passed away and all, all becomes new. Right? I, I can't imagine living my life anymore apart from Christ. Like, it's just such an unfathomable thing to me. It's a, it's a new life. It's not necessarily an easy life. It's not necessarily a simple life, but it will change your life. And so just in the, in the quietness of this moment, and just everybody with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want to invite you as a person in the congregation, if this is you, you've never asked Christ to be in your life. You've never um, taken a step towards God. This morning, I would invite you to slip your hand up as an acknowledgement of your need of him and your desire to ask him to come into your life. If that's you this morning, slip up your hand. If you happen to be that person that's listening to the podcast and you think, yeah, that Russ, that's me. I've never asked God to do anything for me. I've never put Christ into my life. I want to encourage you this morning to invite Christ into your life. Invite him to forgive your sins and take part in your life and to make him the master of your life. And if you've made a commitment this morning online somehow, you want to make sure that we know about it, would you please take a moment and email info at c3church.com and let us know that you've made a decision to follow Christ because we would love to resource you and put you in touch with people that will help you and to work with you and show you this new life that we have in Christ because it, it is an amazing journey to be on and you need to do it with someone. So I just encourage you to do that. And maybe you're here this morning in this place or listening to the podcast and you feel you have no hope. You have wounds and hurts and you're finding them unbearable. 
And I want to encourage you this morning that you do not have to hold on to them yourself. The Bible says to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. The Bible encourages us not to worry about anything, pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So if that's, if that's you this morning and you're, you're living in a state where you just, I, I don't know if I can do this alone and I, I need some bearing up. Would you slip up your hand this morning and acknowledge that you need prayer and then well, we will all agree together this morning with you that God will come through for you. So if that's you this morning, just slip up your hand. Let's agree together. Oh, Father, I am so, so grateful to you this morning that you have made a way in this, in this wilderness of our life, that you have made a way, that you call us to come to you, that nothing is too great for you to bear for us. And there are those times, God, when we feel overwhelmed and we, we look and we don't know where to turn. But God, we have a faith in you that you will be faithful to us as we turn to you. And God, I, I pray for us as a group this morning, God, that that, that re reflex action would be to turn to you in our time of need and not try to bear things up ourselves or not try to avoid you or avoid others, but that we would take the step of faith and move towards you, God, knowing above all that you love us and that you care for us and that your desire is for us, that you are for us and not against us. So God, we thank you for your faithfulness this morning. We thank you that you are a gracious father and that you care for us so lovingly and deeply this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca.